Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 3, we'll be looking at verse 23. Now the other day, when I was refilling my fountain pen, the way it refills is it's got this little plunger that you stick down into the bottle of ink and then you turn this little knob on the top and it sucks the ink up into it and then you put it back into the pen. Well, when everything is working correctly, it's not messy. The other day, the cartridge assembly broke when it was almost full, and ink went everywhere, and it went all over my hand. <coughs> and it was messy. 
And as much as I scrubbed, as much as I tried to clean the ink off, my fingers were still stained. If you think about it, sin is the same way. We can try to scrub the sin off ourselves, but we're still stained by it. We can't clean ourselves of sin. It takes Jesus Christ. And today, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at two realities regarding sin. And then we're going to look at the remedy of sin. So again, if you will look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It's written, For there is no difference, for all have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you today, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just illuminate your word for us, Lord, and help us just to learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would speak to their hearts today. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those who could not make it today, those that may be traveling, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. Again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with me today and give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. When you look at Romans 3.23, it's a very familiar passage of scripture and one that we've looked at before. Yet, it's actually part of just pretty much the, the end of this chapter. It just, it's just part of one little verse in a large passage. And if you go back, it's actually tied in with verses 20 through 22. And we, we see this because if you look at the first word in the verse is for, for the word for substantiates what is being talked about before that verse. And if you look at that verse, he says, verses 20 through 22, he says, therefore by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law cometh the knowledge of sin. But now is the righteousness of God made manifest without the law, having witness of the law and of the prophets to wit the righteousness of God by the faith of Jesus Christ and all upon, upon all that believe. For there is no difference. So that verse is actually part of that larger passage. And then if you look at the verse, it ends with a comma. And then the next verse ends with a comma. And the next verse ends with a comma. And it's finally when you get down to verse 26, you see the period. So verses 23 through 26 is one sentence. So why... Do we always focus on that one verse, verse 23? It's because when you look at verse 23, it holds 
just this large amount of truth regarding sin. It holds a large amount of truth regarding sin. And that's why we focus on it. And this is the truth. This is one of the realities we're going to look at regarding sin. And it's what Paul writes. Right at the beginning of the verse, for there is no difference. For there is no difference. No difference in what? In people. When it comes to sin. There's no difference. We look at difference when it comes to sin. We'll look at someone and we'll say, that person is a liar. That person is an idolater. That person is a thief. That person is a fornicator. But when God looks at sin, when God looks at us, there's no difference. We're all violators of his law. We're all violators of his law. We look at the differences of sin. And we do this because of the law. That's why we do it. We do it because of the law. We normally look at the types of sin that are committed. But when we do this, we miss the big picture. We miss the big picture when we do that. And verse 23 gives us the big picture. There is no difference when it comes to people. And we can see that when we look back in the book of John. John chapter 3. And I bet when I said John chapter 3, the first verse that popped in your head was John 3.16. We always look at John 3.16. But don't forget to look at John 3.18. That's where we see there's no difference because in John 3.18, we see that we're already condemned for sin. There's already a condemnation for sin. There's no difference in the eyes of God. When God looks at sin and then he looks at us, he says, you're condemned. You're condemned because of sin. Verse 23 gives us that big picture that we have all sinned and are all deprived of the glory of God. And you might say, well, what about the law? Yeah, the law gives us different types of sin. Look at what Paul writes in verses 20 through 21. Therefore, by the works of the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law cometh the knowledge of sin. You see that? By the law cometh the knowledge of sin. But now is the righteousness of God made manifest without the law, having witness of the law and of the prophets. We're not justified by the law. 
The law gives us the knowledge of sin. When we look at the law, we see what sin is. That's why we know lying is sinful. Idolatry is sinful. Fornication is sinful. And we could go on and on and on. That's what the law does. It gives us the knowledge of sin. Or as Galatians 3, 24 and 25 says, the law is our schoolmaster. The law is our teacher. Yet, after we have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and our faith in Jesus Christ, we no longer need the schoolmaster. The law points us to Christ. The law tells us what sin is. That's why we have the law. All it is is a teacher. The law codified sin. It told us what was sinful and what was not sinful. Think about it. If you're going to give someone instructions, what are you going to do? You're going to give them step-by-step instructions. If you're teaching a science class, for instance, and you're looking at a cell, you're not just going to tell the students, this is a cell, and leave it at that. You're going to say, this is a cell, and this is part of a cell, and this is part of a cell, and this is part of a cell, and all this over here is not part of the cell. That's what the law does. It doesn't just say, do not commit sin. It says, lying is sinful. It says, fornication is sinful. All these things are sinful. It just points out what is sinful. It codified sin and it told us what was sinful and it also told us what was not sinful. It was a schoolmaster for holy living. We go back to the book of Leviticus in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. What does it say? God tells the Hebrews, he said, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And he gives them the law to show them how to be holy. We're not justified by the law. The law just points out sin. And we see from the law that we're all sinful and deprived of the glory of God. And that's the first reality of sin. We're all sinful and deprived of the glory of God. There's no difference. There's no difference when it comes to sin. And you know, we can see this when we look at the wage of sin. The wage of sin. How do we know? Because the wage of sin, the punishment for sin, is the same for all. Look at Romans 6.23. What does it say? It says, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But what type of death is spoken of here? 
Look at the verse. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a comparison. And we can see this because of the word but. It compares. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God. It compares what the wage of sin is, what we get from sin, which is death, to what we get with Jesus Christ, eternal life. But think about something. We know that sin causes physical death. That's part of the curse. One day we're all going to die. But think about something. If the Lord tarries, even people that have eternal life through Jesus Christ or Lord, they're going to die one day. So that's not the death that's being spoken of here. It's something else. We can see this in the mention of eternal life. It's going to be something eternal. That's what he's talking about. Because he compares it with eternal life. In Christ, we have eternal life now. And we'll see the fruit of eternal life when we get to heaven. Those that are lost have the wage of sin now and they'll see the fruit of that wage when they die. So what is he talking about? What type of death is he talking about here? If we die in sin, he's talking about as Revelation 20.14 states, the second death. Eternity in the lake of fire. Eternal punishment in hell. That's what he's talking about. The reality of sin is, is there's no difference. Everyone sins. The punishment is the same, and that punishment is eternal damnation in hell. That's the wage of sin. And this is where we get to the second reality of sin. There is absolutely nothing you can do to save yourself. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Just like that spilt ink. I washed and washed and washed and washed and washed and my fingers were still black with that ink. We can wash and wash and wash. We can do all the good works we want. We can be the nicest person in the world. We can do all these mighty things. But if it's left up to us, if it's we who are doing it, it does nothing because there is absolutely no way we can save ourselves. 
regardless of the sin we commit, we have violated God's law. Regardless. We have violated his holiness and we fall short of his glory. And we cannot clean the sin off of us ourselves. It goes back to what Isaiah 64, 6 states. Turn over to Isaiah 64, 6 and look at what Isaiah writes. He says that we're all unclean. We're nothing but an unclean thing. And then he says our righteousness is like a filthy rag. A filthy rag. How much is a filthy rag worth? Think about if you're changing the oil in your car and you're wiping that old grease off of your hands. Is the rag that you're using going to be worth anything? Better yet, think if you're using a dish towel and you hand that dish towel, that old dirty, greasy dish towel, back to your wife. Is she going to use that again? No. It's worthless. It's worthless. A filthy rag is worthless. And that's what Isaiah says, our good works, our own righteousness all the good that we try to do, that's all it is in the eyes of God. Because we can't save ourselves. Why? I want you to think about something. We're under a curse. Without Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're spiritually dead. Can a dead man do anything to save himself? Can a dead man do anything to make himself good? No. He can't. God looks at our works, our good works, and he says they're filthy because with sin in our life, we are filthy. We're filthy in his sight. We're unholy in his sight. We're completely and utterly depraved in his sight. And there is absolutely nothing we can do on our own to save ourselves because of sin. This is why God sent his son. What are we celebrating next week? The birth of Jesus Christ. This is why God sent his son into the world to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. To be that lamb without blemish. The perfect sinless sacrifice. It's like we looked at last week. He was the sacrificial lamb. 
the Savior, the shepherd. And that's why God sent him. We can't save ourselves. It's God who saves. It's God who calls. It's God who sent his son to be the sacrifice. And he does this. He saves us and cleanses us from sin through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Think about the realities of sin, the two that we've looked at. There's no difference. We're all guilty and we cannot save ourselves. But then look at the remedy for sin. Jesus Christ. Who we're going to be celebrating his birth next week. The remedy of sin is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He takes our guilt, he cleanses us, and he saves us. And if you don't know him, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, confess Christ today as your Lord and Savior. Let him be the remedy for your sin. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for all the many blessings that you've given us. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us at this time. And Lord, again, if there's anyone here today just convict of sin, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, and just let them see their need for you today. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.